who's the most terrible of them all? It's Hollywood Lean. Hello and welcome to Everyone is Terrible. I'm your host, Hollywood Lean. It's my favorite day of the week. Hello, you. You. Everyone else is doing a pod, but you, you're listening to mine. You even gave it five stars. Are you flirting with me? I don't know. But all I know is that everything is fine because you are here. You. That was like very spot on. Like I was like. That was my stalker Joe Goldberg impersonation. (laughs) Joining me on the podcast today, Drew Jones. Welcome, Drew. It has been far too long, but I'm so happy to be here. I don't like to say the word stalker. I, I, I like to say intense research of a person. <laughs> I mean, get ready. We're going to Madre Linda. We're going. Listen, I'll pull up the car real quick. Let's go. The gas tank is full. Let it, let's go. We got so much to talk about, you guys. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the show You from Netflix. But first, we got lots of news, some terrible TV recommendations. Let's start with the terrible TV recommendations. I know everyone's obsessed with Squid Game. And you guys, I held out as long as I could, but I gave in. I watched it, all 10 episodes. My mom's retired, so like when things come out, I have to immediately watch it or else she will spoil it for me. <laughs> so she was like, oh, I'm starting this show, Squid Games. I was like, don't talk to me. I'm going to start it. Like... So I finished it pretty quick. It was, I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. Yeah, it was a little traumatizing, but the development of the characters and the bonds between them and the relationships they form, it really kind of outdoes all the gore. But you need to watch it. It's incredible. The other one that I'm recommending is on HBO. It's a documentary called 15 Minutes of Shame. And it is directed by Max Josephs from Catfish and Monica Lewinsky. I love a Monica Lewinsky stan hard. Me too. I think it's time for her to have a resurrection and her moment. Yeah. We as a country owe her, since we're on an apology tour of doing women dirty with Britney, like Monica is on that list and on Nicole Smith. Like I have a list of women the country has done dirty that we need to apologize to. And I'm so glad she's getting like, you know, her, her side of the story out there. Just quickly, some news, you know, Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian are engaged. They got engaged in Malibu, surrounded by like a trillion roses on the beach. Um, You know, Travis's kids have been posting congratulatory messages on Instagram. So I got a nomination for Shayna Mokler, who deleted all of her kids' pictures on Instagram. Out of sheer jealousy, you know, out of sheer in her feelings, over her kids congratulating essentially their new stepmother, a new family. Um, so I have nominations for Shayna for just uh, strictly being a bitter party of one. I mean, we've all been there. It doesn't feel good to see your ex go through this and like move, but you have to let people grow. And when you're, when you have a problem with that, I feel like you need to look inside and go, maybe I need to grow too. Like everyone's growing. Maybe I should grow. I don't know. Yeah, they haven't been together in like a really long time. So it's like, babe, get over it. Like, I it, it just gives really weird energy. And I think maybe I'm defensive of it because it's Courtney. If it was the other sisters, I would be like, okay, I kind of get it because they've all had their their moments of like just just being intolerable. But Courtney is truly the one who has like remained unproblematic from jump. She's my favorite 
out of the Kardashian Jenner clan. And I just like, I think, again, we don't know these people in real life, but I legitimately think when he got on a plane for her, yes, he, that was like, oh, this is, this is love. This is love. I so mean, that I, man like, survived a deadly fatal plane crash that killed everybody around him except his best friend. And then his best friend died later. You would never see me on a plane again. I don't like Will Smith himself could be like, Drew, get on this plane with me and we can live together and be in love and happy. And I'll drop Jada. And I'd be like, babes, you got to stay with Jada because I'm not getting <laughs> You're like, no entanglement is getting me on no a plane. No entanglement me, baby. Get on that plane by yourself. <laughs> oh my God, a plane crash is so scary. Yeah, you're right. You're right. When he got on a plane for Courtney, that's when you know Kravis that shit is official. Sorry, Shayna, you are nominated for most terrible this week. I mean, come on, it's your kids. Come on. Yeah, that's really, I mean, like all joke, like all jokes aside, it's your children. And it's not even like you have younger children. Like, yes, they're like, you know, 16, 17, whatever. Those are they're still kids. Yeah, it it, and it makes the most unfortunate situations in that result. Yeah, you're hurting the kids with that. You're not hurting Courtney and Travis. Something to think about in the Bravo news, Randall Emmett, I got a nomination for him for cheating on Lala. Um, my question is, who's watching Vanderpump Rules still? It's not me, but thank you for the news. It's not, listen, I watch it for Katie Maloney and Katie Maloney alone. Oh no. I'm a, I'm a Maloney stan. You're Malone in this alone. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do like her. I do love her. Um, but the second that you you take away Stassi and even crazy Kristen, like it's just like, what's the point of this show now? Well, we were going through a really crazy time in the world. A lot of social injustice. There was hurt everywhere. And I could see out of sheer reactionary reasons why they were fired and stuff. It was so performative though. And you wanna know why it's as performative as it like and annoying one, because there's not a single black Bravo fan that I know that was like, yeah, they should have been fired. Like they were happy, like literally my, Nakia Richardson, who's another host that we both know and love. And I love Vanderpump Rules. And the day we found out they got fired, we were like, what's the point of this show? Seriously. Ruined it. And if you really cared about Black Lives, um, you would have fired, like, Bravo. You would have fired everyone. Multiple, that's what I'm saying. Multiple people, including some of your Black cast who have said extremely homophobic things about the Black LGBT community. You would have fired a lot of Potomac people for being colorist. Like, bring Stassi back. I don't want to watch this without Stassi. Yeah, I mean, that's why I don't watch Vanderpump Rules. It's not that I was like obsessed with Kristen and Stassi, but I knew that that's the reason that the show worked. Everybody knows that Kristen is crazy and amazing reality TV. You know yes. what I mean? Uh, I think it had to do with, uh, you know, Bravo being a huge company and they wanted to put on a good face. Whatever. You know, we all see right through it. It's old news. It happened. But you're right. Bring back Saucy and Kristen because no one's watching Vanderpump Rules. I even had someone DM me going, I've only been listening to the recaps. I'm not watching. And I'm like, doesn't that strike you as weird that you're only listening to recaps? That's how bad the show is. You don't need to watch Vanderpump Rules and neither do we. Drew brought up Potomac. Lots of stuff going on in Potomac. You know, Gordon came in hot 
drunk, a mess. I don't like Gordon whatsoever. I think he's obnoxious. He's creepy. He reminds me of the guys I used to have to deal with when I was a waitress. Um, mm. I didn't work at a strip club, but like just those men who just like you could be wearing a freaking parka and they would still somehow figure out how to make it sexual. I just like this season also since we don't get to ever talk about these things anymore, this season has really made me dislike Robin. But her and Giselle are just full-on terrorists at this point, and they make me embarrassed to be a light-skinned Black woman. The only time we saw Juan Dixon was when he basically told Robin that her depression was ugly. You know he has a girlfriend. Oh, for sure. For sure. There are times I'm tempted to slide into Juan Dixon's DMs myself. The man is fine. But you know you can't even go near him. Michael Darby's got that shit on lockdown. Like that's his baby. Oh my God. Well, that's what's happening in the Bravo breakdown. I just wanted to give you guys a little taste because I know you've been yearning for Bravo. I here's the thing, you guys. I want to do like in a whole Bravo episode, but it's gonna be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Because I got a lot of shit to say about Dorito. I got a lot of shit to say about the girls coming after Garcelle. You know, like I, I'm just ready to put Lisa Renna and Erica Jane in their fucking places. So get ready, strap in, because that episode is coming. Um, we did it, Joe. Let's get into it. You on Netflix. Let's start with like just Penn Badgley. I love him. And I love him in Easy A. And he's a rock star. He has like a full album out. Yes. Okay. Fun story about that. So we went to a show. And it was amazing. Um, and then we went to a after party and I had gone with her and she was with the drummer and, you know, whatever. She kind of ditched me. And I was just sitting at the bar and I'm not a big drinker. So I was just kind of watching everyone get hammered. And I'm sitting there and I turn and Pin Badgley sitting there and he wasn't drinking that night. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he just doesn't drink in general or if he just wasn't drinking that night, but we were like the only two sober people there. And we just like, chatted about all like every topic under the sun from systemic oppression to um like the lakers oh my god pen badgley okay so he you guys he's joe goldberg in the show you on netflix there was a season one and it freaked everybody out like i remember watching season one of you immediately deleting my LinkedIn, my Snapchat, I think I deactivated my Facebook and I cleaned my freaking Instagram up. I took down pictures of my car. I took picture, I took down pictures of where I work. Like I was just, I even like untagged my best friends because clearly it showed like what someone can do when they have your name and they social, they can look through your stuff, find out who your best friends are. What Joe Goldberg did to, to find Becca or Beck. What was her name again? Beck. Beck. Guinevere Beck. Guinevere Beck. Oh my God. He kills peaches. <laughs> he kills lots of people, but I feel like in the first season, I was rooting for Joe. Like he was mine. Like I didn't, I didn't think he was terrible. I'm like, he is killing for you. And it was like a lot of sub characters that were the ones that I was like rooting for, like Pablo. <laughs> he said Pablo, the little 10 year old in the yes, apartment. Yes, I was like, I was like, y'all better not do my boy. Like, cause that the, the abusive stepfather. But he killed, he killed Pablo's stepfather for Pablo. He showed it. He showed it. Um, oh but, I, but I did like you, it did make me think about 
things that I post and like now on so like on Instagram stories, if I've posted something, I'm not there anymore. I'm not at that location anymore. It made me think about stuff like that. Like, you know, if I, if I've posted, I'm hiking I, by the time I've posted it, I'm probably like home. at home or like, yeah, like I'm, I'm nowhere near where I was. And it was because of you that really made me think of that stuff. I know. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the things that I had on my Instagram after watching you. I'm like, oh my God, there's a picture of my car. Someone knows what I drive. Then there's pictures of us at the studio. You can Google our studio and find out where we work. Like, it's just like, I'm like, I don't know. And then like, if you click on my best friend's Instagram, you're going to see more pictures of me. And so it, it just made you think at all. And then we go to season two with Chris D'Elia, who was playing a child predator who ended up being a child predator in real life. <laughs> How fitting. When life imitates art. Well, the good thing about season three is that we get to see Victoria Pedretti, who plays love, and <sighs> she just really kicks it off. Episode one, she does not play around. Once again, I'm kind of feeling the Joe Goldberg loyalty. I'm a Taurus. And so to me, like loyalty is number one. If you ride or die for me, I will do anything for you. Let's get into the terrible nominations of the characters of you season three, the gluten-free parents. Uh, okay. So let me just tell you a quick story. Like I'll, I'll never forget this. Like my one of my best friends, she had a party for her daughter and we're all at her house, you know, in the valley of the hills in Hollywood. And we're up there and we're, we're having a nice time with everyone. And the little girl is blowing out the birthday cake. And as soon as she blows out the birthday cake, one of the mom goes, so is the cake gluten-free? Yes, bitch. There's a gluten-free cake in the fucking kitchen they're cutting for you and your family because you can't have regular fucking cake. So just the whole private school get up, the suburban thing. I'm not in it because I don't have kids, but my friends are. And I see it and I'm like, this is Madre Linda. This is Madre Linda. My favorite character is actually Sherry. And her just, the character development of her throughout the entire season was just so good. And she's so funny. My most terrible nomination though was love. Which pains me because I adore Victoria Peretti. Like I'm deeply in love with her. She's my woman crush Wednesday. But <laughs> she was just unbearable this season. And 99.9% .9 of the problems they faced were because of her and her just like sporadic, like emotional ass. I love her. He's like, oh my God, I love you. This isn't good because now love's going to kill you. <laughs> Let's start with Theo who just recently was in the Halloween movies and I didn't, I was not even remotely attracted to him. I was just like, who is this guy? I thought he was strange. I thought he was awkward. So I did not like him in the Halloween movie. And by the way, just real quick, Halloween two part, it is absolutely terrible. Theo in you like just brought this refreshing energy. I was totally about it. For some reason, I was completely attracted to him and I wasn't attracted to him at all in Halloween. But I was like, I am feeling this. I've never Googled someone's age so quickly in my life. How old is he? He's 27. 
Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, because, okay, like obviously he's playing a college student. So I was like, I'm not going to jail for thinking he's hot, but I feel I'm someone who feels, cause I'm 29. So I feel creepy thinking anyone under the age of like 25 is hot. Personally. I feel the same way. You know, what's so great is that the entire time in season two, part of me didn't like the show because I was really distracted by her character because every time she came into the frame, I thought she was Hillary Duff. And I can totally see it. Yes, she totally was Hillary Duff to me. Now in season three, I didn't think about it. Like she's her and I, I've gotten used to her and I could see her and, and she's Victoria playing love Quinn. But I think it's so funny that Sherry has the best character development in the show. I ended up fucking loving her towards the end of the, of the series and I hated her in the beginning. And that's when you know someone is a good actor. When they're playing their part so well, you hate them in all honesty they were kind of couple goals they were the goals of like i know everyone's like oh love and joe love i'm like no it's carrie and sherry the the entirety of them like being in the are we allowed to give spoilers for this i'm assuming that if you're listening to the pod you've watched the whole fucking thing so let's okay. just talk about it okay so the entirety of them being in the box together in the cage and still trying to like effectively communicate like (laughs) i was screaming i was like this is so funny for me it started when all of a sudden they were into polyamory and they were an open marriage couple i was like shut the fuck up never saw this coming completely impressed by the straight people okay come through straight people in the suburbs is that what y'all do to make it work okay i see you He's a bi, he's a bi identifying man. Yes, he's bi. He's bi. That's what makes the world go round. (laughs) Loved it. Um, I, but it's always those couples. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's always the ones that are a little too perfect. Perfect. The secret kinks like that. Um, but you know what though? I'm mad that I didn't get to see Carrie and Joe Goldberg go at it. (laughs) I know. I was like, how dare you all tease us? I'm like, like, I wanted a bisexual kiss between Joe and Carrie. So bad. Something. So bad. Like touch his chest, grab his dick, something. Like yeah. they were like, I don't know. We go back to the forest and the guys in the forest. And remember when he, you think he killed Carrie when he throws him off the cliff? Yeah. I wanted some homo stuff to happen there. Oh my, I was wait. I was like, where is the gay shit? <laughs> um when i don't get it it's like me not getting coffee in the morning i get real grumpy i get grumpy leon <laughs> me too i was like i want some sword fighting like if it's not gonna be gay shit at least they could like compare cock sizes or like they could look at each other's dicks for like therapeutic reasons or something like let's find our inner manhood i wanted some gay shit to happen too i'm like carrie come on um that was so great though um the whole camping scene just carrie in general like carrie and sherry literally i think i'm gonna vote them terribly delicious yes i wholeheartedly agree with that i loved even when they were just terrible i still loved them i love a good character to that's fun to hate and that was them and then i ended up loving them so that was even better for me like they were true they're truly like two borderline perfectly written characters how great was the boundary talk oh my god she's like are you okay with like carrie and joe 
doing stuff? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And then are you okay with Carrie and love doing stuff? And he's like, no. And then they immediately get up tech. They take the NDAs. Nope. Let us know when you're on the same page. I was just like, oh, this is quite an operation. Right. Like this is, this is not some like novice hobby for them. They, they does this. But you know what, though? People swing. People have sex with each other all the time. Couples swap. But it made me realize how much of this is going on in Hollywood. Because I've never been intimate with someone that has pulled out an NDA. But I have friends that have. So I'm just like, how crazy is it that right before sex, someone pulls out a contract? I would say... A lot more common than you think. And that is legally all I'm allowed to say. I mean, it's 2021. So I do see the NDAs being like a really even bigger thing in the future. Yeah, I think with Hollywood, NDAs are like condoms. It's just kind of like something that's just going to cut like that you're that's just expected. I've signed a bunch, but none of them had to do with sexual things. I've signed them for different reasons. I want to talk about my first nomination for Most Terrible from the show You, and it it does go to Love Quinn as well, because um, the scene with the bathtub and her stepbrother, I'm sorry, that was wrong, that was weird. My sister and I have gone to other countries before. We've traveled extensively together and shared rooms. And I could tell you that I would never get into a bathtub with my sister. That's weird. Weird. I'm, I was going to say, like, I would never do that with my brothers. But I have a sister, too, who is, like, my best friend. Like, and I would, even her, I would not get in a bathtub with. Like, that was... But twi- twins are kind of weird. I don't know if this is an offensive thing to say, but I, twins kind of freak me out sometimes. The writers of You are brilliant because they are able to subtly have commentary on things without telling you that they're commenting on it. So the white woman victimhood that love is experiencing the entire, like, just like they're mocking the idea of white women victimhood because like her three bullies, if you think about it, are a black woman and her two best <laughs> friends who are an Asian woman and a gay man. And they make it, they, they try to make you feel bad for the upper class, rich white woman who's quote unquote woke. But it's like, it's so funny because it's like, in the grand scheme of things, you are privileged above all of these people here, but they're the bad guys and you're the victim. And you're, and you're actually like, they're just shitty people. You're actually murdering people, but still your white woman victimhood makes you like, oh, woe is me. And I just think it's so brilliant on the writer's behalf of this show to be able to make you feel those things and peep it and, and like they portray all that without being like, without even having to say the term white privilege. Oh, they did it with fucking COVID. They sent a message about how they feel about COVID. Did they say the word COVID? No. Did they even mention the word COVID? No. Clearly sending a message like, fuck you, anti-vax. You almost killed my child. So to that, I applaud the writers. I'm like, y'all are fucking brilliant and modern and know how to do this without being fucking preachy. It's just the facts. And it's, up into individual reaction and like that's what love felt love felt like you almost killed my child so now i'm gonna whack you upside the head with the fucking rolling bin 
you're supposed to feel bad for her because she's a woman, but in reality, she's still benefiting from her whiteness and for them to like, just package it up the way they did in season three and make her truly an intolerable character was just like, so good. My next nomination is for Dottie, which is Love Quinn's mom. Giving me Britney Spears vibes, and that sounds kind of mean, but her explaining to the drive-thru employee that Henry isn't a baby, but a reincarnation of her son while the car is in drive and the baby is on her lap was just like, (laughs) are you fucking serious right now? So Dottie is nominated for most terrible. Tati Gabriel as Marianne. I mean, who is this girl? She is absolutely gorgeous. Fantastic actress. And I love that Joe dipped into some flavor. You know, how good was that? Let me just throw this out there. The only healthy relationships that Joe has partaken in is when he's swirling, is when he's swirling, Leon. The only time he's had semi-healthy relationships with women was, I think her name was Karen in season one, the black woman he was dating. And then- I forgot her name, but yes. Season two, um, him and Delilah, even though they weren't dating, they were just like friends with benefits. That was a fairly healthy friendship, relationship, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like she made him better. Unfortunately, she did not make it to the end, but, and then um, Tati Gabrielle's character- Marianne. Marianne was, I was like, I think what we're getting here is Joe needs to just be down with the brown. (laughs) Yeah. And for him to still be, for them to still show that he's problematic as well. And I loved the whole, and I believe it was Marianne um, who brings it up, uh, how Natalie's missing case goes and, you know, why the uh, white women missing syndrome and how it becomes this national thing and like you know the obsession with true crime and all of this the U team is very good at making figuring out like it's almost like they can see the future because everything that they said felt so current and it still managed to not beat you over the head with it the chapter ends for Theo and his dad because this has brought them together and now they can rebuild something that was broken for so long. Shout out to the dad. Theo's dad, so fucking hot. Like, oh God. He really is just like the hot white guy next door you want to fuck. He's so cute to me. Where are those white guys? Because they're <laughs> in my building. And right? I was all about him. And he was like not giving up on his dead wife. He's like, I'm going to find the killer. Like to me, all of that was just like the panties are falling. Like you can have it. It's come down to that time of the show where we have to vote most terrible, Drew. I mean, we we had nominations in real life for like people like Shayna Mochler. Bye. No, thank you. She was nominated, but she's not making the list. Uh, We had nominations for Gordon from Real Housewives of Potomac. Whatever. We'll leave it there. Let's let's focus on you. Marion's baby daddy. Yeah, ex-husband. Even though I love that actor, I think he's super hot. And normally he's a really likable, he plays really likable characters. He was on this show on ABC Family called Greek, which was... I was on the show Greek. Were you really? So, I mean, we got we to gotta name someone most terrible. So I, I, we have to vote someone. So who was your nomination for most terrible? 
It's wholeheartedly with all the energy in the world. Love Quinn. It's love Quinn. She really was the problem. I mean, you can't kill everyone every five fucking seconds. Because there is nothing justified. The only semi-justifiable death was Gil. And even that wasn't justified. But like, that was the only one where I was like, I can get mother instincts coming through and like, you know. Technically, she didn't kill Gil though. There's not a single thing that she legitimately did that was justifiable. At least with Joe, you kind of are like. Not even Natalie. What do you mean? No, Natalie was not a, she had like, cause let's be clear. Joe and Natalie did not hook up. Yeah. They had a glass of wine, but she lied to her about it. She did, which was shitty, but is that warranted for death? (laughs) She didn't, it wasn't like she was killing before Joe. So she was just like this killer. Like he brought out this killer in her. That was obviously, there was something already uh-huh. there for her to do this. Pause, pause. She did kill the nanny, 40s nanny, and she did kill her first husband. Oh. Both oh. prior to ever meeting Joe. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck. I stand corrected. Fuck, love is fucking terrible. Okay, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to agree with Drew. Love Quinn is the most terrible of the world. And I feel like there's so many people who have mothers like Dottie and aren't freaking serial killers. So we did it, Joe. We did it. We did it, Joe. Okay. Yes. So Love Quinn is the most terrible. I do recommend going watching uh, you on Netflix if you haven't. Drew, thank you so much for coming on. I love you. I love you. you. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, Like you said, I'm a casting producer. I have a lot of really exciting shows that are going to be airing in the beginning of 2022. So just make sure to follow me on at OKDrewJ on all social media and um, the promos for those will be coming out. And if you want to be on TV yourself, make sure to follow me because I'm always uh, looking for new talent. Come back to me. Go listen to some past episodes and we will see you guys next week. Stay terrible. Bye, kids. Who's the most terrible of them all? It's Hollywood Leanne.